Okay. Oh, very kind. All right. Um, while Neil is doing some stuff for me, I need someone to just, one, divert your attention so you can look at this. But two, this is where we're starting from today. So um, no prior warning, but Sarah and Ben, I've picked you to be my volunteers today. So come on down. I know, right? I know, right? So here's what I want. Here's what I'm going to ask. Um, I'm going to ask you to make a bag of mixed lollies. I reckon go eight lollies in each bag. Wear some gloves because we're COVID friendly. And I want you to give a bag of lollies to everyone in the front row. Should have booked the front row, people. Should have booked the front row. All right. So I love lollies. Oh, look, don't deny if you put chocolate on my desk, I'll eat that too. But lollies are my favourite thing. So open up. Um, go for it, open them up, about eight lollies in each bag, and then you can twisty tie them, and what, yes? Oh, wow, it's very confusing, there's two Sarahs on stage, oh, all right, so, eight lollies in each, and we're going to make a bag of mixed lollies for each person that's in the front row, and I'll hand them out, once you've done one, give it to me and I'll hand it out. Twisty tie, thank you. You've gone professional. Okay. Uh, yeah, hang on though. Hold up. I really wanted it to be mixed lollies. You've, you've only got frogs. Okay, well, okay. Try again. Try to do... No, just this we're working at. Do another bag of mixed lollies and we'll see. Ailey, you're first in line. All right, try again. This time I want it to be, try again. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll pay you later. <laughs> it's worth your while. <laughs> All right, this is the premise that we're working on. And I want to draw it to your attention because this is something that is so incredibly obvious, but we just let it slip by. We don't pay attention to it when we're talking about our relationships. Quality check? No, again, not mixed, just frogs. Okay, all right, one last try. <laughs> Settle down, son. Settle down. One last try. Let's give you one last try. All right, here we go. Ethan. By the way, these people have all scammed this system because I asked Ethan if he thought it would work and he said, yeah, I'm going to tell everyone on my group chat to sit in the front row. <laughs> okay, all right. They're good though, right. Yeah, it's not going to work. Why is it not working? It's right. Because you are hoping for something different, but you are doing the same thing all the time. Well, yeah, okay, all good. He got, no, here's your reward. But first of all, there you go, you and Sarah can have that. But here you go, oh, here's some I made earlier. So here for the rest of the row. All right, front row, it was worth your while. All right, here you go. They're not mixed, only yours is now. Share them out. Share the love, people. And just in case you sat on this side, there you go. You can have those. All right, let's get started. Okay, where did I put the remote, though? In my pocket. Okay, here we go. Let's pray first. Let's pray together. Father God, we want to thank you that we have the opportunity to learn more about you today, to learn more and understand about how you love us and how we can love others. And God, we want to acknowledge what we just did down the front and come humbly before you and go, we've tried doing the same thing and we don't have a different outcome. 
So we want to ask that this morning that you humble our hearts to be open to a different way of doing things and to see a different outcome in our relationships. Amen. So when I heard that um, I was going to be doing part of this series and that this series was on love, dates and heartbreaks, this, it shows how old I am. I'm unashamedly in my 40s. I think I'm 43. Um, so ask Neil, he's the numbers person in our house. So this is what I thought of first. It's got a little sound. Anyone seen this? You're probably probably slightly older than the rest. And boys down here, you wait till Greg Evans comes out. Now look at the star of our show, Greg Evans. Yeah, you watch this race. All right. And then I went from Greg Evans to this is what I thought of next. Did any of you do this in school? And I'm not going to lie, this last night, this was the first time I'd ever done it with Neil's name. It was like many other names before that, but this was the first time. But look, congratulations to us. It worked out, 95%. That's amazing. And literally, this was the peak of my mathematical. Uh, and then I thought, well, hang on, that was all when I was really little. What about when I was a little bit older? ...than life on the farm. But for some, there's one thing missing. Turn it up. Is it, can it come better? Alright, I went from farmer wants a wife to farm, well, actually, it's not to farmer gets a wife, it's to girl talks farmer into he needs a wife, and that's what happens. That's where we go. So, <laughs> it's that, I know, Neil with hair, brown hair. Um, <laughs> but when we think about a topic like this, it's, it's natural that we address it to ourselves. We think about our past experiences, we think about where we're coming from, and, and that's where we want you to sit today. We want to sit you you in a space of self-reflection. This is not just something that was written thousands of years ago and woohoo, it makes for a good story. Um, there's something that can be applied. So on our first week, we're in week three of the series. On our first week, um, Sean talked to us about two myths. But before we get to those myths, here's the thing about, is it weird that we're talking about love, dating and heartbreak in church? I don't think so. Because at the very core, the very fiber of every one of our beings is love. We were created with it. You were created as an act of love. We were designed for it. Everyone in here was saved by it. And everyone in here, it's a powerful thing. So myth number one, thank you, Pastor Sean was, Myth number one, and Neil recapped last week, but I'll just quickly recap again in case you've missed the first two series. Myth number one, the right person myth. Once you meet the right person, everything will be right, including you. All your habits, all your insecurities, once you meet the right person, they'll all just fade away. But the thing is, we fantasize growing up about... Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. We fantasize about our relationships, but rarely do we fantasize about becoming the right person for 
our relationship. And the thing is, if we don't spend time on who we are becoming, who you are determines often who you will meet, and then that also determines how your relationship will go. So the right person myth. And so we've asked this in our series already, and we're going to ask it a number of times today. Bit of reflection for you. Are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? If someone is looking for genuineness and you think, man, I'd love genuineness in a relationship, are you genuine in your relationships? Are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? And if you've married and you've already found the one, if you're married, are you the person the person you married was hoping for? And when you ask those questions, how much intentional time are you putting in to becoming that? And then we go to myth number two, the promise myth. And this is the myth that a promise replaces the need for preparation. That once you get married, you get a vow, you get a ring, you get a party, and you get happily ever after, and then it goes to the end. But we all know that it's not the end end. And so what I do says, I do makes you accountable, but I do does not make you capable. And I want you to think back to maybe your university classes, maybe some classes at school, and, and think about how does it make you feel when you have to be accountable, but you are not capable? It often makes you feel miserable. And so some preparation needs to take place. So we ask you again, are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? And if you're married, are you the person the person you married was hoping for? Have a think about it. And then Neil introduced this to us last week. He, I think, I hope, otherwise I'm lying and I've lost integrity. No. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. We're talking about following Jesus. And we said last week that following Jesus doesn't just make you better. It makes you better at life. And what we're saying here is when we talk about love, when we kind of gather this subject all up, what we want to say is, please don't look at it through the lens of the love that you see on TV. Please don't use the lens of the love that maybe you were raised with or maybe you were raised without. The love that we want you to look through is the love that Jesus shared for us. When God sent his heavenly father to be crucified on the cross for you and me, that's the kind of love we're talking about here. And he's asking us to love each other in that way. Following Jesus won't just make you better, it will make you better at life. And this, even though we're talking about love, uh, I was really going to say love, sex, and dating, I'm like, let's leave that for another time. Um, when we're talking about love dates and heartbreaks, you might be sitting there going, well, I'm not allowed to date yet, and my love makes me want to vomit right now. But all of these things, all of these principles that Paul is introducing to us in Corinthians is something that can be applied to any relationship that you are in. It can apply to your work. It can apply to your siblings. And to be honest, the best thing that you guys have, you younger guys have an opportunity that some of us don't have anymore, is that you get a chance to practice this now. 
You get a chance to practice these principles at home with your family so that you will be prepared when you come to these long and lasting mature relationships. Okay, I need to hurry because I want to get to the end. All right, God, uh, not God, oh, he's pretty close, Neil said last week, okay. Um, <laughs> love is patient, I'm so glad I followed him. All right, he introduced us to the start of 1 Corinthians. Love is patient, love is not pushy. If you were in a relationship where you were feeling pushed, to make a commitment, if you are in a relationship where you are feeling pushed to go further in a physical relationship, it's not love. That is not how love behaves. It's not love. Love is patient. God meets you and I where we are at and we journey together. And he says, that's how I want you to do it with other people. Don't be pushy. I'm not pushy with you. And I'm asking that you won't be that with other people. Love is kind. And this is a kindness that says, when you are down, then I will gift you my strength. I won't point out your weakness, but I will gift you my strength to help you rise. Love is kind. And then Neil looked at these last three in one lump sum. And it says, it does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Love doesn't say, I have to be in the spotlight all the time. Love says, no, 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 let me take a back seat. Let me make a stage for you. Let me make you shine. Let the world see your value. I'm going to step out because I want you to shine. That's the kind of love your heavenly Father gives to you. And then we keep going. It does not dishonor others. It does not dishonor others. It acts with integrity. It, it, when you're sitting around the lunchroom at work, it doesn't give the intimate details of your life and shares them to the world. That is not how you honor. And he's saying, please don't do that. He doesn't, um, dishonoring is when you sit around a group of people and you, you rubbish your partner or you whinge about your partner. That's not the kind of love that God is asking. He's saying, I want this to be honourable. I want this love to have integrity. And lastly, love is not self-seeking. It's I'm not in it. It's not the like Paul Bennett situation where he's got like the BP and the, it was so good though. If you wanted hot chips, you could just tell him and we'd go and get them and the holiday home was amazing. But well, let's go with holiday shack. Um, but it's not self-seeking. It's not the motivation behind this relationship is not what I can get out of it, what it brings to me. Love is not self-seeking. Love steps down and says, what would you like? I can tell you all about what I want, like give me half an hour, but no. What do you want? What are you feeling? So this is where Neil left off um, last week, and this is where we're going to pick it up this week. And I, like, I truly believe, you know when you see some pastors and you're like, wow, they're so excited about this. They must have really needed that. Well, I really needed this. And I will humbly say that over the time of preparing for this sermon, I have assessed relationships. And as we walk along these stations, I want you to assess relationships too. And I can honestly say there was some points when I was standing and I go, wow, that's why I don't have that friend anymore. It's because of what happened here. So I want you to be able to 
you know, just really search within your heart as we go through these things. So we're going to look at uh, the mirror. And the first one we're going to start with, we're just continuing on in 1 Corinthians 13, where Neil left off last week, and it says, love is not easily angered. It doesn't say love that never gets angry, because like, hello, um, that just happens, but it's not easily angered. It's not quick to anger. You're not easily ticked off by other people. That's the kind of love we're talking about. And that's why where this has the mirror because it's a time where when we talk about anger, like I'll just straight up say it, anger is a you problem. Anger is a you issue. And that's why when we talk about anger, we need to talk about it and have be willing to have a good look about what is inside us. What is inside us? And you might say, well, you know what? He pushes my buttons. She pushes my buttons. Well, guess what? They're your buttons. They're your buttons. Have a look in the mirror. They're your buttons. And the thing is about easily angered, here's a funny thing, and like this is so true, everybody's behavior makes perfect sense to them. Everybody's behavior makes perfect sense to them. What you bring to an argument, what you bring to a conflict makes perfect sense to you, and what they bring to the very same conflict makes perfect sense to them. So then you have this standoff and nothing moves. And that's where we have to sit back and have a look and say, the thing is, so often with conflict, it's all about story. Well, I heard this. I saw that. Someone told me this. And when we were in that situation, did you see when you walked in the room? This, this, I, 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 I. It's often all about story. But it makes sense to them and it makes sense to them. But this kind of love, that's not easily angered, slow down. Because if their story is not making sense to me, it means I've missed a part of that story. There's some detail missing that I don't understand. And if I'm easy to anger, and if I jump in without assessment and time to work out what that is, then this is just going to keep going round and round and round. So this kind of love that is not easily angered says, let me wait. Bite your tongue. Let me wait. There's something about this that just is, I just can't understand. So let me absorb what they're saying. Let me take the time to let it rest and settle and understand the situation and not be so quick to anger. So this is the first one. So easily angered. This is my favorite. It keeps no record of wrongs. Do you know relational record keepers? Don't put your hand up, don't make eye contact, don't look. Do you know relational record keepers? It goes like this. You can be in um, an argument or in a heat and maybe someone says, well, I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. And they go, whoa, hold up, bro. In 2001, 2015, 2020, you said you weren't going to do it again either. 
And since then, in the year of 2020 and 2021, you have done it 15 times. Is this a 16th? That is what relational record keepers do. But the funny thing is, relational record keepers rarely have files on themselves. So rare that we have files on ourselves. And here's the seriousness and the danger of this kind of element being part of your love story. Because it kills love. This kind of record keeping just seeks to divide and conquer. conquer. And here's a question, don't answer out loud, but I want to ask you as a, a serious, let's move forward from this space. Do you take delight in catching out your partner? Do you take delight in seeing your friends mess up? Do you take delight in seeing family members or your girlfriend or your boyfriend messing up? Because if you do, that is messed up. Like, that's real messed up. And, the, and, and it's not what God is asking us to do. He's saying, I don't want you to, to do that. Why? Because he doesn't do it to you. He didn't do it to you. Your heavenly father who sent his son to this world to pay for all of our sins has a file in heaven with your name on it that is ginormous, but he never opens it. And it's not because he's forgotten about it. It's in the back somewhere. He doesn't open it because he's living like it's forgotten. He chooses not to open it. When you keep a record of wrongs, you might find that you are right. You're detailed. Your details probably are super great. You're detailed, you're methodical, your files might be beautiful, but you might be alone. Because no one wants to be in a space where someone continually points out and brings up and goes over and rubs it in your face. Don't keep a record of wrongs. Your heavenly father says, I want to call you to better than that because I don't do that to you. Please don't do it to others. And the thing about, I guess the, I guess the imagery I want you to see in this record keeping is when, think about your relationships. When anyone reaches for the handle of this to open this up, it's a power play. Recognize it. It's a power play. They're trying to elevate themselves in a situation, which is the very opposite of what Christ did for us. And in Philippians 2, Paul says he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. Love doesn't power up. And he's asking not us not to do the same. And then we keep going, and it says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. So uh, all credit to Ethan. Um, he came up, we were talking about protection, and we've got a little bit of slip-slop-slap here, happening here. 
Thank you, Ethan. This is what he's saying. Love takes no delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth and it protects. It is honest. It has integrity. And here's the other thing about this. It's, it's, it's the understanding that I will try and protect what is dear to me. So when you think about your relationships, and some of you have been in relationships for a really long time, some of you, this is something that you're like, do I really need to know this? Um, and some of you are sitting there going, oh, I know who I want to protect. Um, so here we go. When it says it protects, here's the thing. Here's the question you need to ask yourself um, when we're thinking about this. Are you smuggling things into your relationships? Because if you're smuggling something in under the cover of darkness, then there's, that's not protection. Are you smuggling in debt? Are you smuggling in habits? Are you smuggling in other relationships or the idea of other relationships? Because if you are, then that is not protection. That is not the kind of love that our Heavenly Father is just asking us to try and display and begging us to move towards that space. It protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. When you have this kind of love, it's a love that says, I'm going to believe the best of you. I'm going to hope the best of you. And the reason why I have these Doritos here is because there's a giant one and there's a tiny one. And I want you to remember that this kind of love is generous in the gap. When there's something that doesn't seem right, this kind of love gives a generous covering over it. Uh, it doesn't quickly go to the worst, but thinks generously about where things are going. The benefit of the doubt is this generous kind of love that always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So, We've done a whole heap of them now. And I guess, as we're going to go to the next slide in a minute, but I want you to just, for you, take a moment. What have I seen? Where have I seen the tragedy that easily, that easy anger brings? Where have I seen it? And the first step to making a change in not just your life, but in your whole world around you is going, I recognize it. If you can recognize something, then you can address it. So where do I recognize easily angered? And like seriously, the first place to recognize it is there, is when you look deeply inside it. Do I keep a record of wrongs? Am I a relationship record keeper? Do I protect and am I generous in my thing? Now, this all seems like, wow, that's so nice. I don't think anyone would disagree with anything, but it's really, that's not easy. And God's not saying, you have to do this perfect. I have a perfect expectation of you following all of this 1 Corinthians um, 
13. But what he's saying is, if this is where you're trying to go, if this is what you have on your mind, if this is what you train yourself to, to be conscious about, you will move and, and swerve towards the natural rhythm that God wants you to be on when you practice these things. Here's the list. This is what Neil started with and we finished today. It says, God's kind of love is patient. It is kind. It is not jealous. It is not arrogant. It honors. It's selfless. It is not easily angered, not a scorekeeper. It's protecting, it's trusting, and it's hopeful. And these are hard, but even though they're hard, isn't it what you want? I want this. And the reason why, not just because like, I like being crazy dramatic, but the reason why this particular piece of music is playing, because this piece of music is entitled, Let Yesterday Be Yesterday. Let the past be the past. So we wanna ask you today as followers of Jesus that when you look at those things, you go, okay, I'm willing. I'm willing to try. I'm willing to jump in. I'm willing to put my heart in it. I won't get it right. I don't have to do it perfectly, but I am gonna try and fit into the rhythm that Christ is calling me to become. You feel the epicness of music like this. It's the same kind of epicness that God wants you to have in every single one of your relationships. He said, you talk about epic things, I created the meaning of epic. I created the universe. I created you and the person you're gonna date. Wait, let me show you how to do it. And your relationships don't just have to be meh. They can be epic when you say, I'm willing to address and I'm willing to love like you love. So I'm gonna ask you to stand and we're gonna pray together. We really hope, and we're moving on, we've finished the love part of this series, then we're gonna move into some dating, then we're gonna move into some heartbreaks. But we really wanna plead with you today that to consider this, to consider going, let yesterday be yesterday, today I do love differently. Let the past be the past. This is a new standard of love that I want to lean into and learn from. And the biggest piece of advice is ask Him to help you. Just say, hey, I don't love this way. It's awkward for me. Can you help me do it? Let's pray. Father God, we wanna thank you so much for just the example that you've written um, in your book. And all of this love, God, makes such perfect sense when we see and understand the cross and that the kind of love that sacrifices a life for ours. Lord, we wanna thank you that you love us, that this is the way you love us. We receive this love from you. Lord, we wanna ask that you will help us reflect it into the world around us. Lord, we want people to see that following you is epic. It's hard, but Lord, you are right there and great things can come of it. Lord, we're sorry for the mistakes that we've made and we wanna be better in the future. We wanna be better at life and showing you in your name, amen.